It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 47. That's an interesting number to have on a day like today. 47. Hmm. Who was number 47 on the Bruins? Hmm. Who was the... Oh! Oh! I got it. Who was it, Evan? It was Tory Krug. Oh, right. Yeah. Hey, oh, remember him? I do. Oh, the Bruins could have used him a little bit. Anyways... This is Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. Connor, how we doing? Evan, I'm alive. How you doing? <laughs> Has anything happened in the past 24 hours that's even important at all? Interesting. I mean, I don't think anything's happened. The, the Bruins haven't even played, uh, have they? I mean, I think there's a new Eichel trade rumor, so maybe we'll talk Ooh, about that. Yeah, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're not doing this. No, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Based on the reaction we've got from uh, Twitter and just the general, I think, uh, hive mind of uh, Bruins fans, uh, I don't think a lot of people doing that well. I no, think it's I, very bleak out there. It's code red. It is very code red. Defcon uh, five. Someone DM me this morning about an Eichel thing and was like, "Actually, I wouldn't be opposed." And I'm like, "Not now. No, 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 no. We have a long while until that becomes like a thing we have to talk about. Not now, please." Please not right now. Um, this is one of those times, and we have a lot to talk about in this episode, and we'll have a lot to talk about this offseason. So uh, apologies if we don't get into super specifics on certain players, because we have a long time to discuss Krejci's contracts and Rask's contracts. And, you know, this is one of those times when Bruins Twitter and Bruins fans in general are, again, sounding the alarm. They're pissed. It's extremes. Never want to see Rask back. Never want to see Krejci back. Never want to see this one back and that one back and blow the whole thing up. Uh, but there's one little um, big reaction that I'm kind of on board with. Uh, and it's none of those. <laughs> none of those. I want Rask back. I want Krejci back. I think you think the same. Uh, and we'll get to that later. But there is one thing that I'm not fully opposed to. And it's the status of Don Sweeney as general manager. Uh, I think that is, so when I was looking at this series, I, I had a crazy thought last night. It like hit me like, two, you know, your best thoughts that you like two in the morning when you're like, you, you feel like you, you opened up a new part of your brain. And, uh, I realized what were the two biggest issues in the series for the Bruins against the Islanders? Number one was, uh, no scoring after the top line. And number two was, uh, effectiveness and size and depth of your defense. And I said, Hmm. I think I've seen that problem before with the Bruins a few times. And at some level, obviously it's on the players. Like it's on the players. 
we both said this roster was better than 2019, should have went deeper, the whole nine yards with that. But at some level, it does go upstairs to Sweeney. And I just look at like, I, I, I actually don't put the offensive issues on Sweeney because you went out and got Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar. Like that's, that should be more than enough. At some level, that's on those guys. And, that's on and, and Craig Smith and Craig right, Smith. You, 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 yeah. Yes. And, 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 you know, your third line, Jake DeBrusque is on your third line. Like that should be fine. You should be totally fine with that. That's on the players. That is completely on the forwards. That is on them to, to produce. Sweeney got the right guys for, for that, uh, those four lines. But when you look at D, you know, you lose Chara and Krug last off season and you really don't replace them with anything. You say, we're going to play the kids and that's fine, but you have an aging veteran core that you're trying to reboot. You're trying to get more chances at the cup. And even though they had a chance this year, when you like now that the smoke is cleared, were they close to Tampa? Were they close to Colorado or Vegas? Were you really going to beat? No, probably not. Like, again, it's hockey. So anything can happen. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that aspect of hockey. It's kind of how the Islanders just beat you. But at the end of the day, not enough was done on defense. And then the drafting and the development is a whole nother thing. Like that, that has been, that's well documented. So would you, do you, do you agree with that? Or do you think that, you know, he should be sticking around? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, if there's a, a reason for it, it has to be looking forward and ahead and, rebuilding this pipeline. So I think that's the most pressing issue. And that's why I think the Bruins are in kind of a tough spot this offseason. Like I'm sure we're going to talk later in this pot about like, you know, what's the the best course ahead for this team? Cause they're kind of stuck at a crossroads between the rebuilding and the retooling. But uh, your options are pretty limited because you have no young guy, you know, there's some teams that blow it up. And, you know, if you look at like, let's say the Capitals, right. And they blew it up. It's like, all right, well, they've got that McMichael kid who they drafted, who like ripped up the AHL, who you're expecting to do well. Like there's other teams that if they, you know, move forward and even look at like, uh, like Pittsburgh, their, their time's going to be running out, but at least they've had guys like Marino or, or, you know, they signed obviously Gensel is a guy who was a big part of like the last cup run they had, but they had younger pieces, coming in that have supplemented that will make that transition easier that a rebuild isn't, you know, that it's a two, three years, hopefully of, you know, rebuilding and getting back to where you were and all of a sudden you're right back in it. You look at the the state of this team's pipeline of talent and that's where it gets dour. And that's why if there's ever a reason to do it, it's because um, you've got no, you know, are, are you looking ahead to next year? And, you know, I think maybe going into this, this season, it was like, uh, yeah, we'll see what Sonika has. Like we will pencil him in, you know, he'll, he'll go through some rough patches as all young players do, but by 2021, you know, if we move on from Krejci, Coil 2C, like Sonika 3C, you're all set. You ready for that? You, you confident putting Sonika in there? Are you, are you confident next year rolling out, uh, Vak and I and Saboral, the two guys who, uh, you couldn't trust in the playoffs over Jared friggin' Tenorti? Like, is that, and that's not just, and I'm not doing that as like a, a rip on Tenorti, who I thought was a good waiver wire pickup for this team, but that's, that's insane that this team that is in this win now, uh, that is in this, you know, cup contention win now window that they're in, that your decor is that, uh, barren in terms of younger players that you have no guys to step up that Tenorti's your best option. Like that, that's wild for this team. And obviously everyone will hock back to 2015 as, as expected, and yes, and and is, you sh- in these it situations, it's it's warranted. Yes. It's warranted. Yes, but I, I also like looking beyond that. Like, look at, uh, you know, 
Frederick over Debrinket. Look at, you know, Kaliev. Look at all these other younger guys that they, they've missed on over the years after that. Like, it's not like you have to be, uh, you know, getting A plus with every single draft, but you needed more guys to supplement along the lines that should be ready and contending. Like, how, how many, how much more rope are we going to give guys like Zaboral and Back and I? And I understand that some defensemen take time to develop, but wh- wh- where, when are they coming? And if they come in, are they legitimate NHLers? Like, look at, look at Tampa Bay, right? Like, that team will talk all we want about the cap circumvention they've done. Warranted. Yes. Shitty. Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Dougie Hamilton has a thing to just say about it. But you know what uh, Tampa Bay does well, along with <laughs> being really smart with the cap? And, you know, what is it? Goals, is they call up Ross Colton and these random dudes from like friggin' Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, who like come out of nowhere that I've never heard of before. Like these six round picks. And they perform in high pressure situations in the playoffs. And you're like, who the hell is this? And like, you never see them again, but they do their job when slotted in. Like the Bruins don't have nearly that amount of, of depth and, you know, potential in, in their core right now. Like who, who's, who are you looking at next year that you expect to make like a big step forward, right? It's not like going from, uh, you know, 2016, 2017, where DeBrusk had a good year in Providence. Like, all right, like, We'll see how he does. Like maybe is, is Lauko like your option for next year? I mean, he had a good year, but are you ready to roll? Is he your, your third line left winger, right? Is, uh, are they going to sign John Beecher? And is John Beecher going to go right from Michigan to the NHL? Like there's guys that maybe you, you want to wait on is, you know, Mason Lorey had a good year in the USHL, but also he was what an overage kid in, you know, yeah. beating on like 16, 17 year olds. Like I think he's, a, he has talent, he has potential, but he's also a ways away. He's going to go to Ohio state for at least, you know, a, a couple of years you would imagine. So it's not like this guy's waiting on, in the wings for this team. So I think if you look at the biggest concern and Sweeney has his, his benefits in terms of, you know, signing guys well below uh, probably what they're getting on the market, but that you do that to keep this window open and ha- give yourself the room to add depth. And what killed you this series? Lack of depth, right? Like you got nothing out of your bottom six. Uh, the the second line, I'm not ready to like completely bomb on them for like this season because I thought there was a lot of good to take away from it. But they didn't help you in that series. Uh, you look at the decor other than McAvoy. Like, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you look at these other teams that have done well and, Maybe Tampa Bay is an exception just of how well they've won, you know, developed talent, sign great, uh, you know, bargain deals, trade, you know, make the trades they need to make of like a guy like McDonough, obviously. But um, look at all these other teams that do well, like the Blues, people talk about, you know, like you have to follow the mold of them where they're uh, uh, a big physical team. You know, what Blues also had depth, you know, yeah. like. Like Vince Dunn, if Vince Dunn was on this team, he'd be like a top, he'd be like a top pairing guy. And he was like, he, a, he, he was would like be a with McAvoy in the top. Pair. Yeah. Yeah. And like, not like, just look at the rest of their lineup. Like they've got so much, like all those teams that do well, look at Vegas, look at, look at all these teams, you know, they've got depth all across the lineup. And if you look at the, what the Bruins need to do, if you want to do the, the retooling, it's, you've got, you've got a bunch of fires to put out because you've got to remake that bottom six and you've got to add at least, I think two guys on that decor, like you've got a whole lot of holes to fix. And this is what should piss you off as a Bruins fan for for the listeners. Like think of how much better the Bruins would be if they hit on the 15 draft, or as you mentioned, the Frederick thing, if you just drafted 
better. If you develop, think of all the young forwards that have come through the Bruins system. DeBrusque, Heinen, Bjork, Donato. I mean, you can go down the list. And, and, and it's Peter Solaric. Just, he was robbed. Peter Solaric was He's robbed. Up it's, the it's, it's, it's the same, it's the same song and dance with each guy. We thought DeBrusque would be different. It's turned out he's not. We know probably DeBrusque is not coming back. Uh, and you're not getting much for him, by the way, in a trade because his value is so low. So that's another thing. You don't even get to get a lot for him. Whereas a year ago, you would have got something legit for DeBrusque. Now you're going to probably get not much of anything unless he's part of a package. So that's what should piss you off is the drafting and the development of this team is raw, is bad. It's not good. And you just, I mean, I tweeted out the first round picks this morning. I know first round picks are tough because, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty with them. And, you know, again, there's people who are paid to watch these potential first round picks who should know. So there is also that, but you can do, you can play that game. But another thing is you just look at the draft picks. Like you look at the 2006 draft and that had uh, Kessel, Lucic, Marshan. you know, that's a big part of why you won the cup in 2011. Right? Like you can draw all that back right there. But you look at the Bruins and you look at 2015, 16, 17, 18. You go down the list of Sweeney's drafts. And aside from McAvoy and Carlo, I'm not seeing anything that's severely benefiting your team right now that, that's picked by Sweeney, unless I'm forgetting someone, but I don't think I am. So it's it that those are your guys. And and again, like it just goes back to you have to draft well. Because that's how you get depth. And the problem is the Bruins have a ton of fifth and sixth defensemen. The Bruins have a ton of bottom six guys, but they don't have, I mean, again, on a contending team, is Mike Riley a top four defenseman? No, he should be a a third pairing guy. That's a third pairing guy. You could even make the case now Grizzly with McAvoy is great, but if you have Grizzly, you know, Grizzly man, you know, being the, the leader on his own, Pairing would be a third pairing defenseman as well. You know, and again, he's younger. He will develop. I think we're both high on Grizzly. I know obviously he was bad in game six, but uh, he's not someone I'm particularly worried about. But again, and you mentioned the the Stadnika thing. So the, the, the future core of the Bruins looks to be Marshan when he's a little older, Pasternak, McAvoy, Carlo, Grizzly, Swayman. Do you know what's not in that? Do you know what position is not accounted for in that? Maybe the most important position on the ice, center, center. There's no centers in there. So the days of your one-two punch of Bergeron and Krejci are, you know, who's that going to be supplemented by? Coyle and Sadika, Beecher, who you don't really know about, Frederick, who they don't even project to be a, uh, a top six guy. Like Frederick is not projected to be, he's projected to be an enforcer pretty much, you know, a, 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 an energy third line guy. And you picked him in the first over a guy like Debrinket. So again, that's, that goes back to Sweeney. And again, I mean, it's all, the 2015 thing is the easiest one because it's, it was obvious in the series because Beauvillier was picked in the 2015 draft too, right? I believe. Uh, I want to say so. I, I thought I heard that somewhere because I don't remember. Yeah, He's in yep. 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 2015. There's another one. So Beauvillier and then obviously Barzal. And again, if you have Barzal or you have Shabbat or you have Kyle Connor, I hate to say it, but you're probably winning the cup in 2019 and you probably get past the lightning at some point, maybe. With some other draft picks, and I know that the Lightning and, are good. And it's not even like one of those guys too, where it's like like a legit like top pairing guy or like a top six guy. Like you need to like a Travis Konechny, and you maybe win. You lost a game seven. Like you need a dude yeah. like that. You need a guy who's like a twenty twenty guy, and you're in a much better spot. That's all. That's and, that's and that's the thing, and that's why it is. It, it, it's it's hard not to look upstairs with this issues because again, Cassidy's dealing with the hands he's dealt. Did Cassidy have a great series? God no, no. 
Not a good series at all for him, but that doesn't mean he should be fired because this is really one of the first strikes on him. And we're what, four or five years in with him. So no, I don't think Cassidy should be gone for this. I don't think the Cassidy is the issue here. I think the issue here is bad drafting and development and they're not addressing needs that they actually really need. And even, I mean, it's funny at the deadline, we both thought it was enough because it looked to be enough what they did. And, and I think it still was, I think Sweeney did a good job at the deadline. The problem was the other problem that it wasn't addressed before it wasn't addressed before. So there's a lot with the Sweeney stuff and even Bruin stats on Twitter last night was going off saying that Ray, really needs to reform. It was cracking his knuckles before that game even was over. Well, he tweeted right before this like rant upcoming and I'm like, huh, I wonder what it's going to be. I think it was, I think it was percolating was the, it was the, uh, the verb used there. Per, uh, rant percolating. Yes. Rant percolating. And he mentioned an interesting thing here. Sweeney inherited a roster with great talent in their prime. Pasternak at 19. Dougie Hamilton at 21, Riley Smith at 24, Krug at 24, Marshan 27, Rask 28, Krejci 29, uh, Louis Erickson <laughs> 30, and uh, Patrice Bergeron at 30. And again, you see that roster. I mean, I, you know, obviously Louis Erickson was Louis Erickson, but the rest of that, I mean, if you could have found a way, I know Dougie Hamilton was a bit off, but again, like you look at that, like, you know, you trade Dougie and you get, uh, you know, basically that was turned into Pasternak. Uh, which pick was Dougie traded for of the, of the 2015 draft? Was that the 15th overall pick? He was traded for the, I want to say it was the, f- it was 15th, I think. Oh, that's all. It's all like, I think I've, I've blocked it out of my head now that so I have let's to say, like, let's say it's Seneshin. Yeah. Let's say it's a 15th pick. So you trade, you basically turn Pasternak and that crew into Pasternak, Seneshin, Jimmy Hayes, nobody. It was, it was, it was, the, it was the 15th pick. It was Seneshin. Yeah. Krug's gone, Marshan Rast, Krejci, Erickson left for nothing, and Bergeron. So you, again, you kind of blew that. So, and again, it, and it's funny, I was thinking this morning, like if you looked at it, at, uh, if you looked at it, if, if, you, if you were totally removed from the situation and you looked at, if I handed you a piece of paper and said, this is what this general manager has done in his five or six years with the team. And then I didn't tell you what the team did, how the team did or where they were. They'd probably say, oh, that team probably isn't that good. They're probably struggling. And they're not, which is wild. Like, it is incredible. And that goes to show you how strong that core is, that they can get them time and time again. But that's why these problems keep popping up. That's why it keeps happening. So not a safe bet to bet on the drafting of Don Sweeney and the crew. But what is a safe bet is going to bet online. Absolutely, Evan. Listen up, guys. It's an exciting time around the sports world. The Red Sox are playing. And, uh, yeah, the Celtics uh, in... Um, the Bruins, mm. the Red Sox are playing. The Red Sox are back. Go to Fenway, have like a, a an eight dollar hot dog and a fourteen dollar Sam Adams. But even if you guys haven't made it back to Fenway just yet, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to Bet Online and enter promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that. Uh, per source, nobody beats it. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book 
experts. Experts go there now. Uh, so that is the Sweeney minute. I imagine we'll have more on him. I don't see them firing him. I don't. Um, but I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't. I think it, that would create some change. This organization needs new eyes, especially in the, in the land of player development. So I, I think that is not a bad move. That's a big move that would shake things up, but I don't see him doing it. I don't just because they've had success. They went to a cup. You can always make that argument. You know, they've been in the playoffs these years. Um, but again, that's, that's three out of four years out in the second round. And again, when you lose to the lightning, that's one thing. But when you lose to the Islanders, who, uh, I, by the way, I've been noticing in the YouTube comment sections, people have been pissed. Islanders fans are pissed that we're not giving them respect. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I don't know how they're finding the, these video Videos. recaps. That... <laughs> how did you guys find this? Yeah. But whatever, fine. Get on us for not respecting the Islanders, but the Islanders are only there because of Barry Trotz. Like that, that is it. It's systems. That's just, that's the team. And you know what? Respect. I respect that. I respect the hell out of it. Like go for it. But. Yeah, on You're, paper, you, the Bruins just, are way you better. Just, you, you just got yourself like four comments from a pissed off guy from like poor Jeff, who's going to start attacking <laughs> us on this video now on YouTube. But he's he's coming to Boston to confront us. Mm. Um, but no, I, I I just and also the other thing was in 2019 you got to the Cup final because the road was easy. You didn't get there because the lineup was insane. You got there because you had to play the Maple Leafs, the Blue Jackets, and the Hurricanes instead of the Lightning or uh, or the Islanders. Actually, the Islanders were the team that the lost caps. to the Hurricanes or the Caps. So you lucked out in 2019. And again, uh, if, if, you know, every time they lose a playoff series, it enhances how bad 2015 was and how bad 2019 was because, oh boy. Uh, and I know today's super negative for people, but also I feel like when they, when the Bruins go out like this, it is good to have these episodes where you just kind of like look at everything. And I think people want to hear this. I don't think people would be like, oh, you know, they're going to come back and then, you know, they got it in them. I could tell you, know, Bruce, Ron, and Marcia, they're, they're going to do it at some point. Like, no, this, this, this has to happen. These, these conversations have to happen. So uh, another thing that a lot of people want to do is blow the whole thing up, blow it up, trade everybody, rebuild. Um, that sucks. That's no fun. I disagree with that. I know you disagree with that. You were telling me before you kind of have a little plan, your own little, the Connor Ryan plan of how to potentially fix some holes. So I'll let you take the floor on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of like the weighing the the costs of rebuild versus retooling, I think you have to be cognizant of you look at the state of this team's prospect system, and unless you're like one, if you're rebuilding, who are you trading, and what value are you going to get? Like, I understand if you want to move to Brusque or something, but you know, are, is it are, are you moving like your top line? Like, are you like who you who who has key trade value on this team? That isn't like all your star players are all like 33 and up and you're not moving McAvoy and Pasternak. You're not moving Swayman. So like you can get like pieces back that you can mix and match to sharp what you should be focusing on, which is adding depth to, you know, your bottom six uh, to your decor, especially, but it's not like you can do a fire sale and you're trading guys and getting back multiple first round picks or, or like a, a, a younger player that you hope is going to be good in two, three years. Cause the fact of the matter is if if you blow this team up with this this prospect pool like it is right now, oh. barring something wild happening, which, I mean, it can happen. Look at, like, Montreal. You thought that team was going to, like, be in <laughs> the crapper and all of a sudden they're a Final Four team, uh, which might be just more of an indictment on the North Division. But regardless, um, you know, this isn't a two, three-year rebuild if you blow it up. This is, like, a nuclear winter. Like, also- this is not – this is not ending – the Bergeron era, you are like 
putting at risk like them not being competitive until Pasternak and McAvoy are like 28. <laughs> like, like we're talking multiple. That's what you have to be like. This isn't like McAvoy and Pasternak are 19 and 20. And like you, you retool on the fly, like 2014, you know, 2015, 16. And you have another crack at it when like Bergeron's 30, you know, Krejci's, uh, you know, 31, like something like that. That's not the case. Like you are going to be in the shitter for a long time if you blow it up. So you only kind of really have one option, which I think is just retooling. Uh, and and doing what you can to kind of round up this depth because, again, that I pitched that not as a uh, trying to spin it as you know sun, sunshine and rainbows right I pitch it as uh, you know like in Looney Tunes when Wiley e. Coyote runs off the fucking cliff and he keeps on running because he knows if he looks down he's gonna fall that's, that's what this point. is but yeah. th- that's what that's what this has to, this is the the hole you dug for yourself. If you rebuild, you're dooming this franchise to a, a rough stretch unless you hit on all these first-round picks that you might acquire, which also another thing is not like you can also just sell off guys because don't forget, we're in a flat cap. You know? Also, this the other thing that, is you, you mentioned the first-round picks. Do you trust this team yes, to exactly. make multiple first-round picks? Like, do you really yes. trust? Let's say they dealt Pasternak tomorrow and they got two first-round picks and, like, two prospects. Do you trust this crew – to hit on those first round picks and to also have those prospects be good and actually develop them. No, no, you don't. You don't trust them to do that, which is all the more reason why I think there needs to be change at the top, but continue. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the only option you really have is run it back and you have to prioritize with the, hopefully the cap savings you get, whether it's, you know, I'm sure we'll discuss down the road of, you know, Krejci or or Rask, what have you, if they're back, they're going to be signing for less. They're not signing for seven million, so you save some money there. Uh, I think uh, you know Bruins fans probably have a bad taste in them of how the series ended. But if Hall is back and willing to sign for good market value, I think you need to have him back. If he leaves, you know, unless he signs somewhere for like eight million per year, then you go, all right, well, he seemed to like yeah. it here, but I guess he <laughs> wanted to get paid more. So at that point, you kind of you know, he went to the playoffs and said, "I don't really like the playoffs." This is messy. yeah, but. <laughs> Ideally, you want him bad because if you don't, you're back in the same spot you've been in for years, which is that second line is now completely off the rails again. Um, but yeah, I think for the priority now is you have to run it back. You have to bring back those guys on affordable deals. Um, and Bruins are in at least an advantageous spot in terms of how much cap space they have uh, in a time where not a lot of teams do. And again, who knows, maybe the... Uh, Steven Stamkos has like appendicitis and he's out until April again next year. And the, the lightning circumvent the cap once more, but there's still not a lot of teams that are, there's quite a few teams that are facing tough decisions next year. You know, Islanders are in a tough spot with some guys that are RFAs. Uh, the avalanche are probably gonna have to move out guys. Um, Vegas, you know, sealed their fate by signing Petrangelo to that contract. So they have to like, there's a lot of teams that are going to be in cap crunch. You've got money to, not only bring back Rask and, and Krejci for, you know, short-term gains that uh, are going to be for cheaper than what you signed them for before, but uh, you also have at least, you know, probably around $15 million to work with other without, you know, buy, buyouts or moving other guys, which are going to have to happen to retool the bottom six. Uh, you need, you know, I think you need at least – a complete overall of that bottom six. I don't think Coyle's moving anywhere with that contract, but whether it's 
I don't know, a little spitball like uh, look look at like what what Tampa has with like Coleman or Goudreau. You need to find guys like that. You need to find like a guy in Coleman who's uh, defensively responsible, but can also pot you 15 goals a season. You need that. You need like a Marcus Johansson. Uh, you need to completely overhaul that fourth line with, you know, tougher guys to play against. And, you know, I, I hate going down the narrative of that, but it's true. Like you need, you need what you face in the, these last two rounds. Like uh, the, the identity line, as they call them with like Zizekas or Clutterbuck or Martin, or even look at uh, Capitals. Their best line in that series was Dowd and Hathaway, right? Hathaway, like you yeah. need, you need impact guys like that, guys that are going to mix it up. I mean, pain in the ass to play against. They can also skate well, like guys that are, you know, are going to change the momentum of a game with a shift, uh, which I think you need on that fourth line. And then especially, yeah, the decoy. I think you need at least two guys. Like, I, you know, you have to either trade for a legitimate top four defenseman, which is easier said than done. But whether that's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think Seth Jones, considering what contract he's going to get, is a viable option. But like, I don't know if you kick the ties on Hannafin again, who had a pretty good year with Calgary. Uh, and he's also from Mass. So, oh. you know, I mean, so yeah, I'm just throwing out names. We'll, we'll dive deeper into it. But you need to get like a guy like that and then another uh, bigger body further down in the depth chart that you can rely on, whether that's a, a Savad or Alexiak or even like a John Merrill, who I don't think a lot of people know about, but he's one of those guys that. You may not, you know, he's limited offensively, but he'll give you 18 minutes a night. Uh, his D zone numbers are great. And he shuts down stuff and you can trust him out there. Like that's what you need. You need, you, you need multiple things on this team, but you also just need guys that you can plug in there. They're going to do their job. They're big and are going to be tough to get inside against. And even I think having a John Merrill makes a world of difference in this series, right? So you, you there's multiple fires you got to put out, but I think it's the only option they have is to retool and, and round out some depth because the other options aren't that appealing. And, and the one I've mapped out is again, run off that cliff until you, until you finally have to look down. Not, well, not great, but. Well, I think when you mentioned John M's on the back end, Bruins fans kind of cringe a little bit. PTSD kind of kicks in. Uh, but again, you wouldn't have to do any of this stuff if you drafted better. If you developed your own guys, you wouldn't have to do these things, or at least to this extent where you need such an, such a drastic overhaul um, of the whole thing. Because you do. Again, this series, you got, I have the numbers right here. Uh, Pasternak, Marshan, nine points each. Krejci uh, and McAvoy, seven apiece. Bergeron, five. After that, nothing. You got two points from Hall, two points from Riley, one from Coyle. Uh, Richie and Kuhlman, they each had one. Smith had two. Grizzlick had one. That was your, those were your point getters in the series. That is a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve point getters. And only five had more than two points. So, yeah. Not great. Not great at all. Um, and that just goes to show everything you said to retool. And also the other thing is you're saving money in net because the lock won't be back. So it'll be Rask making. I know people have a bad taste in their mouth over Rask. By the way, he didn't play well in game six. Like, of course just, not. by the way, n- no, he didn't play well in game six. He didn't play well in game five. We're not going to sit here and, you know, pretend and spin this. I know I'd said on Twitter, like, oh, Bruins defense has not been good to Rask this series. And people were like, you're defending him. It's like, no, 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 no. Rask did not play well in games five and six, and you needed him to play well in, in both games, especially because he's out there. Even though I know he's hurt, he's still out there. So we expect yeah. him to play well, especially considering he'd played hurt for the whole playoffs and played great up until game five. But the defense in front of him did not do many favors either. So both things can be true. You can have two things that are true. It's not one or the other. You can, both things can be true. But still, you need Rask back. You need Rask back because, again, Swayman Vladar, you 
you know, again, Swayman looked great in the second half of the year. That's a lot of risk, though. That's like that's kind of just like playing the kids on D because that is a huge, huge risk. And by the way, Swayman has a ton of value, and he's super. I think he's going to be you know super in net and all that stuff. But you need him to kind of have the the thing Rask had when he first started mm-hmm. out, where you sort of slowly get in there and you get more and more reps until you're ready. I don't think Swayman's quite ready yet to be the full time starter, especially with Vladar behind him, who's another one who you don't know what you have in. So. Again, that's a capital situation. If you want to be like the Capitals and be kind of very shaky and net and risky and not know what you have, be my guest. But it is not worth it because when you can have Rask and Swayman making a combined like six point five million, I mean, I don't, I forget what Swayman's making, but if you can put those together, and that's way less than the ten that Halak and Rask are making right now, so you're saving money there. So there's ways you can save money and add as well. Um, and I don't think that's so far fetched. But these are all questions we'll get to uh, more and more in the offseason. Do you have any other thoughts? I feel like we're forgetting something, but maybe we're not. Uh, we've discussed so in depth on Sweeney. We went in on uh, what they need to do this offseason. Is there anything we're forgetting? I mean, I think that more or less sums up, you know, it's it, it's tough to pitch a, a, clean, a clear solution because I don't think there is one. Like maybe you say, you know what, except the – the, the, the bitter chill of a nuclear winter and just get it over with now and rip off the band-aid. But um, I, I I don't think it's the right call to do that until you either have new eyes looking over the 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 retool or the rebuild rather with you know reevaluating scouting and and identifying players to that are going to be part of the next wave of this Bruins team or um yeah I, I think just the overall the, the best bet you have right now with this core at least still in place is you have to run it back and add more depth and hope that puts you over the top. I mean, it's a crap shoot again, 30, yeah, 30 of 31 teams are going to look back and be what went wrong. What do we have to fix? Same thing happens every single year. It's going to be 31 next year. that are going to be looking at what just went wrong. (laughs) Um, But for the Bruins, it's, I think as long as you've got this corn place, you got to just make the most of it because you're not going to get potentially, you know, three or four hall of famers all together on a team on affordable deals. Uh, doesn't come very often. So uh, it's not a deal. It's going to mean in 2027, we're going to have some dour podcast to record Evan, but yeah, it's going to, we're going to be talking about the weather or something that, and for like most of those podcasts instead of what's on the ice, but um, it, can't, it can't be worse than when we were doing it during the COVID times and there was nothing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not not ideal, but I think that's the best bet you have. And you do what you can to round out the rest of your roster and get another crack at it next year. And you hope that whether it's, you know, I'm again, don't want to put names in, but you hope a, a Coleman or a, a legitimate top 4D or and other depth guys give you enough depth because that's what you need. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, getting Hall, which was a great pickup at the deadline, and being like, all right, top six is ready to go. You need four lines rolling. You need a decoy that's tough to get inside. I mean, David Savad, I think, would be the top pairing guy on the Bruins. He's like a third pairing guy on Tampa. That's wild. Yeah. So yeah. that's what you need. Yeah. And the other thing is, and this is one leftover thought I have before we go, and we'll get into this, I think, deeper in the offseason. But what sucks is uh, Brad Marchand is the MVP of the Bruins right now. I think yeah. he's been that way for quite a while. McAvoy's close, but Marshan for the entire season, uh, and especially in game six, obviously with the two goals has been money. He's 33. Do you want, really want to keep wasting this? You know, one of the best players in the NHL, maybe the best left winger in the NHL's prime like this. I'm not saying it's a waste, but you know, he said it 
Wednesday night after the game. Like you, as you get older, you realize you don't have many opportunities at this. It's hard to get back here. And they continuously are falling in short and falling short. And continuously, he's the one stepping up. Now I know game seven against the blues, obviously not great. And that whole series against the blues, he really wasn't that great. But other than that, incredible. And, and I think that's another thing, like the way his, the way he plays, the shiftiness, the, the, the puck protection, that stuff goes away with age. That stuff goes away as he gets older and it will. And it's unfortunate, but it happens. That's how people age. That's how it works. You know, we're, we're young. We're quick and shifty. We, you know, we, we, Connor, you, you know, I can do that stuff. Uh, but as he, as he gets older and maybe as we get older, that stuff goes away. And I think, you know, again, wasting the prime of him with, wanting to play kids on the back end like Lozon and Zaboral and Vakanine and Clifton. This is what you, this is what happens. This is what happens. And like, when you look at the playing the kids narrative, you know, what did you find out about that this year? It doesn't work. Zaboral and Vakanine are not ready to be NHL regulars. Uh, Jeremy Lozon is a borderline fifth or sixth defenseman. Uh, Connor Clifton, you know, I would say is a, is probably a, a, a solid bet as a fifth or sixth defenseman in the NHL. You know, he's young, could get a lot better, but for right now, that's where he is. So again, on the back end, you got Grizzly McAvoy, Carlo, and then everybody else. And then any Carlo's got injury issues. And so you have this whole big thing. So there's a lot to pick through and there's a lot that they have to do um, this off season. But uh, that is that, that is our, I guess our last episode of the season, but we will still have episodes every week. This isn't the end, obviously. Um, before I let you go, Connor, uh, what can the people look forward to at BSJ? Yeah, we're going to be kind of mapping out what we talked about today in terms of what's the best course going forward. And uh, obviously leading up to the draft and free agency, all that stuff, we're going to have stuff out pretty much every day uh, during this whole off season, this whole summer, uh, breaking down contracts, potential guys uh, that to pick up. I think for, as you know, everyone focuses on the big names, every free agency there's, Every year, there's always plenty of Craig Smiths around or other guys that kind of fly under the radar that end up being good value pickups. So Bruins have the work cut out for them, but there's at least should be plenty of appealing options out there, especially in this flat cap era. So it's going to be a interesting offseason to say the least, but we'll have you covered over at BSJ every step of the way. Uh, again, thank you for everyone who has listened to this podcast all season long. Shouts to Evan and his crew for doing a fantastic job as always. Uh, and thank you guys for all the support. We're going to have plenty of stuff um, the whole rest of the summer, so we're looking forward to it. I'm embarrassed I didn't start off with a thank you. I feel like that should have been the first thing we both said. But, yes, thank you to everyone for the whole season. It's always fun doing this. Thank you to you, Connor, and the BSJ crew, uh, and to the fans. Obviously, you guys make this all possible, whether it be listening to podcasts, watching, subscribing, subscribing to BSJ, or reading our stuff. I mean, seriously, uh, this is so fun. And it's always fun. It's always a labor of love uh, to do this stuff. Um, but yeah, that is, that is it. That is, uh, that is all. Everyone should though. They should see the big, talk about the big fish. Sign Ovechkin, trade mm-hmm. for Crosby, trade for Eichel. Like that, the Bleach Report article for Crosby. And then, mm-hmm. you know, trade DeBrusque back in nine and a second round pick to the Sabres to get Eichel. So boom, there's the offseason. You fixed it. There goes my column. There goes my column for tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Evan. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. That's just. Fixing the Bruins one-on-one. But anyway, that is Poke the Bear episode 47. Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky, uh, you Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day. (laughs) 